0: You know, as I look back on uh, 2020 and reflect about what I've noticed about my own spiritual life, um, here's the thing that I think I've come to, and that's realizing, again, how absolutely essential that aspect of my life is. Uh, You know, one of my life verses has been Proverbs 4.23, which basically says, give attention to your heart, your soul, because out of it flow all the issues of life. And I kind of think about how this past year has been in 2020, and it's been a crazy year. And I think one of those things that holds us together is that element of our spiritual lives. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to Building Blocks,
1: a seven-part weekly podcast released in conjunction with our Building God's Way teaching series through the book of Nehemiah. Each week, we are going to talk to a member of our staff or leadership team about tools we can use if we are going to build our lives God's way. Today, I am joined by Pastor Paul Tomey, Bridgeway's Director of Care and Compassion. Uh, and Paul is gonna talk about how to rebuild a vibrant spiritual life. And, and Paul, I think one of the underrated ways that everything we experienced in 2020 impacted a lot of us is, man, it just created a lot of challenges in our spiritual lives, wouldn't, wouldn't you agree?
0: Oh yeah, and I think so, Brian. I think, you know, whenever there's chaos, whenever things kind of seem like they they feel like they're unraveling, particularly around us, but sometimes even inside of us, um, man, that it, it takes a toll on on us and it takes a toll on our ability to connect with God. Uh and I, I think I learned this a long time ago, which has been good. I, I was thinking about 2020 and I was thinking about the fact that, you know, it. It hasn't, I, I didn't experience a big implosion spiritually necessarily, but I think it was because, you know, many years ago at, when I first became a Christian, one of the things that I just really tried to to build and I've had to rebuild through the years has been the element of my spiritual life and particularly my, my connection with God. So, um, yeah. and I think that's, that's one of those things that it's, it's one of the first things you got to kind of almost go back to. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Now. I think a lot of people are, are coming into 2021, certainly wanting to turn the page, wanting to move forward. And and maybe they have noticed things like, man, just their connection with God has been strained in some different ways. Uh, you've been following Jesus for a long time. You've been a pastor for a long time. Can you just talk to us about what are some practices you've built
0: into your life that have kept you spiritually healthy and spiritually vibrant? Sure. So, I mean, there's, there's the standard ones, obviously, and these are things God... You know, throughout the scriptures, states that these are, are established ways to to remain connected and to build a, a stronger connection with Him. Things like Bible study and prayer and serving, sharing your faith. Um, you know, and then sort of there, there, there's other ones like fasting and uh, other spiritual disciplines that are part of it. You know, I, I'm probably honestly, I'm probably a pretty basic person, um, and uh, and for me, it's been really depth in the scriptures that has been kind of an anchor for me. Um, and I'll be honest with you, prayer has not been one that's been very strong in my life at all until probably the last 10 years. Mm. And, um, that's all that's shifted a little bit. So, um, here's what I would say. And I, and I was thinking about this. I think there's one word that I would use to describe this, uh, my spiritual life and I'll put it for me and that is freedom. Mm. Uh, and, and that may seem like a weird phrase, but I think a lot of times we think about how do I, stay connected with God on a daily basis, possibly, whether it's a devotional world or devotional life, it is, well, there's like this standard practice and you got to do this and then do this and a certain amount of time with this. And it becomes highly structured. And I think for people that where structure really is important to them, that's a really good thing. Um, uh, the thing, yeah, I always had to guard against was like, it meant it just becomes a, a rut to a degree, right? So yeah. for me it's been freedom and it's been freedom in a couple of different areas. The the freedom to kind of custom design this to fit me. Yeah. And sometimes a part of experience that the, the freedom to build around optimal times when I'm most responsive, the need to experiment, the need to be flexible because there are certain seasons and this season. And, I, and maybe that's something that that would be important for people to, I think to, they, they probably understand it, but, but if they don't, to understand there's an ebb and flow sometimes in yeah. your spiritual life, that devotion. Yeah. And sometimes it's the external things that that cause that. Sometimes it's just stuff you're going through and that God's doing in you.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love that word freedom. And I think you bring up a really important point. And this is something I've been exploring just for myself. And certainly as I'm having the opportunity to have conversations with others about their, their spiritual lives and their growth is just kind of the idea that uh, are there practices that are foundational to the Christian life? studying scripture, praying things to that effect. Uh, of course, of course there are, but there are, uh, there's a lot of freedom in terms of when, you know, yes. do you wake up in the morning or do you do it later yep. at night? I, I remember sp- spending years of my kind of, kind of my twenties, like feeling guilty and inferior because, you know, I worked for a guy who just naturally got out of bed at four 30 every morning oh. and was like, first thing he's praying at 5.00 AM. And now the flip side of that, of course, is if you had to do anything past eight 30. He's, you know, gone and tired. And that just wasn't me, right? Like I was more of a a night owl and found I connected with God better in the evenings. But I mean, how much you're going to read what you're going to read. And then when it comes to other disciplines, that different disciplines are going to match our personalities and sort of our wiring better. And that like, there are certain disciplines that, like, I'll give you an example. So there are disciplines that can stretch us, which I think are really great. And then there are disciplines that we just have to recognize, like, it's just not, it's just not for you. Like, so a stretching discipline for me is silence and solitude to set a timer for 10 10 or 15 minutes and say, okay, I'm not going to check anything. I don't have anything open in front of me. I'm just going to be quiet and present before God. That's, that's hard for me, but it's enriching. Um, I would say a frustrating discipline for me is journaling. I've just I've tried many times. I'm just not gonna do it. Like yeah. if you're a journaler, fantastic. But I've just realized if my spiritual life is dependent on me journaling, it's not going to be good. And that's okay
0: because there's freedom, like you said, for us to
1: find these practices that work for us. And I
0: just love that you brought that up. Oh, no. And I, I I, just want to piggyback on that. I think you're exactly right. And I think it's the kind of thing where you realize there's a custom design aspect to this and, and there's, there's no one size that fits all in terms yeah. of growing and building a relationship with God and even in, in character formation and all those different kinds of things. So, you know, yeah. I find for myself, like I, I have uh, a little bit more of a uh, if you've heard the concept of sacred pathways or spiritual pathways, yeah. I have a naturalist bent but also an intellectual bent. So, you know, I had people for many years, you know, who, you know, you need to be productive. You need to be memorizing scripture. You need, to, and, it's, and it's good. And I actually do that right now in this season of my life more than I've done it in the last 25 years. But, um, For me, it was when I was studying my Greek and my Hebrew, and I was taking a passage apart, and people would say, you're not supposed to do that for a devotional. But I was like, man, those were the times, honestly, I really felt connected and alive to God. I felt like, oh my goodness, I felt like I'm really connecting. And and also to be able to do it outside, so grabbing a cup of coffee, and I sit outside. And like you, one of the disciplines, and this has maybe been easier for me, though, I'm I'm trying to remember if you're an introvert or extrovert, but I'm a social introvert, so... I really recharge by being alone. So I get up early, because that's my optimal time. Mm -hmm. And I'll grab a cup of coffee and I'll sit outside. And I just actually just think and pray. And it's almost like a thinking praying thing. So I'm not good at keeping lists. I'm not good. (laughs) I'm horrible at journaling and I hate it. I will never never journal unless God tells me to do so. But uh, it just wasn't productive for me. And I'd sit around and I'd go like, oh, well, you know, I'll write this, this thought down. and." Then all of a sudden I think, oh, my kids are gonna read this someday. And so then I <laughs> in it and shape it a little bit. And, and I'm like, well, I'm not even being authentic. So why do I it?
1: <laughs> It's like, what's the point of this? Yeah, right yeah, yeah. So 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 that's I think just a great first step. Say, hey, there's lots of things out there, and, and certainly we at Bridgeway, we want to help. Kind of different different ones of you who might be listening or saying, hey, I want to figure out different ways to connect with God. I, I know that Pastor Paul, myself, others on our team would be more than happy to have a conversation with you to help you kind of figure that out or awesome. to recommend some, some resources. But um, I, I want to turn the page a little bit here. And uh, I think it's fair to say a lot of us have experienced quite a bit of discouragement in this last year in, in all sorts of different ways. How can we keep from letting discouragement in, in life, in just circumstances or whatever the case may be, how can we keep discouragement from negatively affecting
0: our spiritual life? Yeah, man, that's a good one. You might have some ideas as well and feel free to share them on here. But um, I think for me, I'm lucky in this, uh, in that God has wired me with a, a glass half full personality. So part of my personality is I'm pretty level. I don't, I don't go through huge mood swings or ups and downs for the most part um that's been very positive in my life in in many different ways um it's not always positive because sometimes i wonder if i have a feeling but um you know i'm not recognizing if i had one so uh but i'll tell you the thing and you you mentioned earlier and and pastor lance mentioned it uh this weekend is this whole idea of gratitude and for me that keeps things positive. So I usually start out that way even early in the morning when I'm spending time and not like you I just I'm trying to just be still and silent and not be productive. That sounds weird. Yeah. This this season of my life I've really tried to kind of more be in relationship with God rather than feel like I need to be productive and and get a lot of things done or list list taken care of or filled out. So yeah yeah, and that solitude and the silence I I thrive on that and particularly in a naturalistic environment outside so yeah um, that that's cool but yeah you know, I, I'd say I start off with this idea of just thanking God and thanking for things I'm looking at and things I'm seeing and and then recognizing certain things even physically for me as I'm getting older you know I'm I'm working through yeah what's it like to grow older and 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 start to feel some limitations about certain things um, yeah so, you know, but but that gratefulness, man, I, I think gratitude is a big one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, and I am glad you brought that up. And that's certainly something we're emphasizing throughout this series. We're we're encouraging everybody to engage in a daily gratitude practice. And we've got some kind of gratitude prompts for you. You can find them at bridgeway.church forward slash build and uh, we're also sending them out every day in our kind of text message devotionals and uh, I just think that gratitude it's not just about positive thinking or kind of you know pie in the sky kind of stuff but it's about this posture of saying okay God in the midst of, of everything that there is something for me to be grateful for because you are present and at work in my life that doesn't mean we're sleeping problems under the rug it doesn't mean we're sort of wishing things away But I think that just that sense of anchoring ourselves in a place of gratitude, I just think that sets us up for. I mean, we're talking about building a vibrant spiritual life. We can build a more vibrant spiritual life. We'll be more productive at work. We're just, I think, more pleasant to be around. And we're just more attentive to God's presence and God's work around us. Because when we get stuck in those places of, of bitterness or, uh, you know, we get stuck in. I love this. You know, new phrase I learned recently: doom scrolling, where we're just like scrolling Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and like being overwhelmed by negativity. Like when we keep in that gratitude place, man, it's just you talk about a foundation to build off of. Just so much healthier than so many other uh, foundations
0: we could seek, right? Oh, I think I think so, and I think it was Cicero, the the Roman orator, that said that gratitude is not all not only the greatest of all virtues, it's the parent of all other virtues. Yeah. and that there's something really significant about yeah. that and even for me i think being authentic in that with god rather than trying to be this person that's like oh i'm i'm going to be thankful even being able to say god i'm really struggling with being thankful for this i don't see how how you're yeah. using this i don't know it's funny but that oftentimes turns me to no no you you think of what it would be like if you didn't have this or this or this or that you know yeah. so i i that's been very very helpful for me in that whole thing yeah.
1: Well, and almost what you're describing there is kind of that process of lament turning the corner into hope, which is oh. something we spent, you know, January talking yeah. about, right? It's like, yeah, you start in that place, but you don't like counterintuitively, you start in that place of lament, and it actually leads you to that kind of hopefulness and gratitude, uh, which again, like it's counterintuitive, but it's really beautiful. I think the way God has wired us to be able to do that.
0: Isn't it? Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Now, I think uh, another element I want to touch on, and we've talked about discouragement here. How do you recognize when you're in a rut spiritually? Because I've certainly had that experience, and I'm guessing that most of our listeners have as well. How do you recognize when you're kind of in a rut, and then how do you get out
0: of one? I wish you'd have asked someone else this, Brian. (laughs) And and I will say this, um, and I feel like there's a a little bit even where... um, if you only major on the one or two things in which you really connect with God, and that's why experimenting is good. And like you said, stretching disciplines, trying some new things possibly, or I, I like to vary at times. So again, when I first was a Christian, it was like, do this and you do it every day and you, you're solid and you, you know, you just develop this rhythm. But I found that there were certain times where it's like all of a sudden I wasn't, not only was I not being as present as I could be with God, but I was searching for a feeling, and I, I don't know how to describe that, but it is like when I start to feel like I'm not getting the, a, a feeling of this or I'm feeling like it's not connecting, I generally realize that I've been doing, you know, uh, focusing on maybe one particular discipline at the expense of some other ones, possibly. And I'll just change it up. I'll vary it. And, and like you, and I think you're amazing at this, but um, I try to read widely. Uh, On things, and I try to read different stuff, Um, and it's not always totally theological or Bible-based. Sure, I may pick up a book for a season uh, or for a month. I'm like, I'll I'll read through a chapter a day, yeah, Uh, or I'll read through uh, something else that's spiritually significant. um, But it could be something that where we're integrating psychology with spirituality, or something like that. So um, I love doing that, and then I'll return back and like in this season of my life, also. I've been doing much more scripture memorization than I probably did over the last 20 years. Yeah. so it's just meant more to me for some reason. I've like, I'll, I'll like you doing Psalm one. I'll I have certain life verses or passages, chapters that I'll go through, and I've memor I've memorized now, and it's like that's very significant right now for me because I think yeah. about it a lot more, and I meditate more on it. So
1: yeah, well, and I I love the variety component. Hey, variety is a spice yeah. of life, and and yeah. you know, in a lot of ways, you get into a rut and you just switch some things up a little bit. But yeah. then also to I, I think in this in this time where. Even those things still feel pretty frantic. A lot of stuff is, has slowed down in terms of scheduling and things like that and, and remains slow, even though we're almost a year into this thing. Right. And and you talk about, okay, where are our minds going? And, and what are we giving our attention to? And it's such a beautiful time for scripture memory because there is a little bit of extra time to, yeah. to kind of think yeah. and dwell on different things. You know, it's funny, we're recording this on a Monday. And yesterday I got to be part of a little Q&A panel with our high school ministry. Oh. And a, a student asked a question and i had the verse for her to to answer the question uh you know shared the verse and then talked about it a little bit and and i was able to say you know i had a mentor in high school here i'm talking to high school students who when i was new in faith like made me memorize scripture <laughs> and i had to work so hard at it and here i am 100 years later and that was one of the verses i had to memorize and i just man it's so powerful for just those 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 words can come to mind and and can be so helpful. Just I mean, I know you're experiencing this just in your own life, in just sort of quiet moments of thought and contemplation, or maybe in response to a situation. And man, it's it's such a beautiful spiritual discipline because it's just like I don't know. This is sort of an overused analogy, but it's just these verses that you can memorize become like tools you can use in different situations to, you know, just be centered on on God and His presence and kind of whatever you're facing.
0: They absolutely do. And I I remember Dallas Willard saying that you know, kind of talking about you know do you want to go for just breath or do you want to go for depth? And that he he oftentimes felt it was more beneficial at times to be in one passage for a more extended period of time and really master, you know, what God was trying to speak through that passage than trying to read for breath. Now, I think breath yeah. is really important too. I, I wouldn't sure. go one for the other, but I think in different seasons of life, yeah, I think it's really, really helpful. And like you, I was lucky enough to, to memorize passages way back that even now, they'll just come to mind. You just, it's funny, you know? Yeah.
1: I want to point out one other element. I I think, you know, I asked you, okay, how do you, how do you get out of a rut? And I think you've given us some really good tools for how to do that. I want to, I want to just, I think one thing we tend to do when we get into a rut sort of spiritually that really doesn't work is we kind of like try to guilt ourselves out of it a little bit. Like, Oh, I should be doing more. or Oh, I, you know, God is mad at me or, Oh my gosh, I'm so ashamed of this, that, and the other. And, and I don't know what it is about human nature. I don't know if it's just the enemy's influence in our lives or whatever, that we just go so quickly to that guilt and shame place. And I think it's just important to remember, like, first of all, that's not the voice of God. And then second of all, I don't know about you, Paul, but like I don't get motivated to do anything great in my life by guilt and shame. Like it just doesn't work, right?
0: Never effective um, for me.
1: Yeah. So I think that's just something I want to encourage folks with it. If you are in a rut spiritually, like th- – the right way out is not to just like, you know, wallow in, oh, I'm just doing so terribly or whatever the case right. may be. You're not the spiritual life is not about living up to a certain standard, it's about enjoying God's presence and being with him. So there's invitation there, but not a guilt-laden invitation, right? Yeah, exactly.
0: And and can I tell you an experience that actually has meant a lot to me in this or, or it's an analogy. Yeah, I'd uh, be great. But um and and maybe it's as you get older and why I say like I'm I'm trying to be less productive in my I love what you said. It's about enjoying the presence of God. And it's really all about relationship. And what God wants more than anything else is the relationship. Now, the disciplines are a means to that. They're a means of interacting, much like you would, as a couple, we'd be like, hey, we talk to each other, we go on special dates, yeah. we, you know, so the disciplines kind of are function like that. Yeah. But um, I have grandchildren, and one of the things that I've noticed at times is that most of my grandchildren when they're really really little i mean i've i've developed really good relationships with them uh and very close to them uh and when they're young man it's it's like they just want to be with you and they run to greet you and things like that and then when my grandchildren hit about seven or eight they stopped wanting to get a hug and they stopped Hmm. they weren't as responsive at all yeah and um, and I was smart enough, or I don't know, whatever, I was like, hey, I'm not pushing it, you know, whatever they want to give me, you know, I love them. And what's funny is it would be for a little while and then they'd, they'd re-engage. Mm, and they would hug me again or they would be more responsive. or And I think, I, I think you're just going to have those times. And it's the relationship yeah. that really yeah. is the key factor, I think. Yeah,
1: no, that's really good, and I, I think that's a great, it's a great analogy. One last thing, and then we'll be we done. Is uh, you're not only a pastor, you're a you're a life coach. You teach sure. coaching, and uh, you have a lot of experience in that. Are there any coaching principles we can utilize if we're trying to either build or just kind of rebuild our spiritual foundation?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Well, here's what I would say. Probably the life coaching part of this is what helped me gain some of the freedom if I would yeah. put it that way because I began to understand that it didn't, my spiritual life didn't have to look like yours or Lance's or anyone else's yeah. in the world. And that it could be mine and mine alone with God and that God would, um, respond to me as an individual as well. And I don't, I want to be careful about not making this too individualistic. Sure. Uh, there's community that's part of this and God uses community and other people as means for that as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, um, I, for me, it has been—it's just been the freedom to know that there, it's okay for me to pursue certain things, and if other things are not connecting me vibrantly with God, it doesn't mean that they're not useful. Maybe in a future season, or that yeah. I can't experiment at times with them, but that I'm not going to major on them. Yeah, and, and that really helped me uh, to do that. So, as as I talk with people about this, a lot of times I think coaching is is more about asking the right kinds of questions. And believe that people actually have what's inside of them that God has placed there and that they know a million more things about their lives than I know. And so we have this saying in the coaching profession, people don't do what you tell them to do. <laughs> and as a pastor, you you know that, right? Ain't that the truth. People, yeah. But they do what they tell themselves to do. Yeah. And there's this dynamic discovery aspect that, that I think is part of it. And instead of guilting people into, or, you know, you should be doing, you have to be doing this. It is having just conversations with them about what is gonna serve them the best and how they can grow where they wanna grow. Um, And I think God really uses that. So I don't know if that's helpful or not.
1: Yeah, Yeah. no, that's great. That is super helpful. Well, uh, thank you, Paul, for your insight today. Really, really uh, appreciate it. Thanks to all of you for listening to episode one of Building Blocks. We'll be releasing these every week during our Nehemiah series, Building God's Way. Certainly encourage you to join us on the weekends or online as we continue uh, through this just incredible book of the Bible and learn some really, really helpful principles, again, uh, for building our lives God's way. Have a great week, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Take care.
0: Thanks.